bless us this morning and grateful for the praise and worship. Amen. Amen. God is in the building. Amen. Listen, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, next Saturday, uh, September 7th, is our Lot of Love. Uh, we're asking all married and engaged couples to come on out and fellowship. Um, bring your table, decorate your table, decorate your trunk, have a way you want to bring all the decorations together. And uh, we have a theme that you come up with. Uh, the first prize is a $150 gift card to the Champagne Lodge. Uh, second prize is a $50 gift card to uh, the IP Theater. And third prize also is a $25 Oberweiss uh, ice cream experience. Amen? So show out, bring your, invite some couples out, some friends out. We're going to have a good time. We're going to come in here. We're going to teach about what's in your survival kit for marriage. We're going to talk about their four way. We're going to talk about their spare tire, uh, that flare, that flashlight, that blanket, you know, that water, all those various things. We're going to relate it to marriage as we, after we do the lot of love. We're going to come in for some teaching. Is that all right? Listen, the Can Awards is upon us, and I'm so excited. We are celebrating 10 years of ministry this year, and God has graced us. Uh, we did this Can Awards, I believe, in our seventh year uh, that God blessed us, and so we're excited to be a part. I mean, just to have another opportunity to celebrate. We're going to have some great entertainment. We have Sugarfoot, the comedian. Uh, we have Poetry Soul Child. He was on uh, Windy City Live. He's going to be doing spoken word. And we have the awesome and anointed Michelle Davis. She's going to be doing a dance ministry. Um, listen. Go to Eventbrite before Friday. All members, please register. But we'll have a calendar. We'll know how many members are coming. And then on that Saturday, we're going to send the link for our paid guests. For those who are non-members, the cost is $25. Amen? So we did it that way so we we'll be any confusion. So on Saturday, we'll send out the next link. It's free for members. Non-members is $25. So put the bug in the air for those people um, who are who attended, who are planning on to come. Your people that you may want to invite to see you get your award is $25. Dress to impress. Uh, you know, after five, you know, come with it. Uh, first prize, I mean, male, best dressed male and first best dressed female will receive a $100 cash prize. So we're going to have an awesome event. It's just going to be an awesome day. We're going to have live DJ. We're going to be dancing, soul train line. We're just going to have some fun and turn up with Jesus. Amen. Thomas and Natasha will take over the soul train line and they did it at the whole cruise. So, maybe they'll leave some dance floor for somebody else. <laughs> but we plan on just having a good time, amen, good fellowship. So, uh, we'll be in touch with all the other details. We'll get some people together, there's some works and some presenters, and all that good stuff is coming right along. Amen? Amen. Um, I believe all I want to make sure I make mention of. Don't forget the women's prayer call uh, starting Wednesday. It's a new number, so please check the calendar for the new number. Um, Yep, they have the new number listed on the particular women's prayer conference call starting this week at 6 a.m. at 6.15. Make note of that. You can just take a screenshot of the uh, screen and you'll have the information. But it will be posted on Facebook. We'll email it out also. Um, that's it, Pastor. Everybody who uh, blessed Jonas uh, and helped him get to Columbia, uh, sowing seeds and helping him with all his trunk party stuff. We got him moved in on Wednesday. Uh, he has three great roommates, so thank God uh, everybody is you know getting along well and everybody's uh, doing well. So he's doing good. Glasses start Tuesday, so thank you. We appreciate all the support, all the love, and all the gifts that were sown into his life. We appreciate everything. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get to this word. Nobody missed it. 
calendars for February, just mark the calendars for February of 2020. Yeah, mark the calendars for February um, 14th and the 15th, I believe it is. Um, myself and Pastor, my new Pastor Denise, we're going to be uh, teaching a part of uh, Couples for Christ. Their conference is in February for married couples. Um, we're going to be teaching alongside of uh, Pastor Reggie in London Royal and another couple. It's going to be in Lyle, Illinois, so we're going to get the information to you guys next week, so you guys can start paying on it. Um, we'll leave the registration is $140, and room rates start at about $110, so it's going to be good. It's going to be an awesome time, so we're excited about that. Amen? Amen. All right, if you got your Bibles, um, you can go to Jeremiah. I got a lot of stuff to cover today, and we're going to just go with the flow, all right? Listen, uh, last month we had an awesome time and we were just allowing the Holy Spirit to move and flow as we were talking about the Holy Ghost fire and just being obedient as the Holy Spirit led us week to week on what to teach. Um, but the Holy Spirit did give us a series to for this particular month. He gave me just a, a little bit of volume. Um, and so this particular series that we're starting today is called The Shepherd's Heart. The Shepherd's Heart. And what we're going to begin to talk about and to begin to teach is to understand um, the characteristics that the Bible has laid out and things that are necessary to identify what your pastor's heart should look like because where you worship is important. Where you worship is important. And I believe that the body of Christ, um, we have not been taught to understand the fullness of what a shepherd and what a pastor should look like. And so sometimes we find ourselves uh, in the wrong place for too long, or we find ourselves in the wrong place and don't know how to get out, or we find ourselves in a position where we're in a place and we don't know what to do in the place because we don't understand the gift and call that may be upon that particular house and that particular leadership. And so this is going to help instruct people because there are a lot of people who do not know what to look for when they're trying to find a church home. Uh, we're in a dispensation where charismatic movement is very uh, appealing, it's very attractive. So if you're a very charismatic type of individual uh, where you have a big personality and your personality can begin to draw people, a lot of people are drawn to those ministries based on the charisma or the personality of an individual, but they have not uh, begin to ask God, what is it that is in this particular leadership or this pastor that is really the characteristics of God's heart that they're, they're in a position to feed me properly? Um, this, this particular series came about and we were talk, talking about last week with the sheep and the shepherd and we were talking about Peter. And so you have to be in a position to be fed to grow. Um, it was encouraging when Sister Dorothy came up to me before service and she said that she was really excited and thank God for what we had did on Thursday night. Um, even though it was uncomfortable in the beginning, how I, we encourage people to be activated in the prophetic, just to give an encouraging word, not to be deep and prophesy something, you know, and going out outside of your realm of influence, but to just give a word of encouragement. And she said, I appreciate that because you just don't want us to sit here and just be hearers of the word, but be also doers of the word. Um, and, and not to just teach the word and be able to speak it and give it to you, but you have to put it in operation. And so it was encouraging because she said, you're concerned about seeing us grow, seeing us mature. And that's the heart of a shepherd. That's why Jesus had told Peter, he said, feed my lambs, yes. as we were in the message on last week. And then the next part, he said, feed my sheep. And then he told him again the third time, he said, feed my sheep. So it's important that we understand that as your position that you sit in, 
that you now take value in being fed. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Yes. See, what's happened in the past, a lot of people have been only being led, yes. but not fed. Yes. Because they've been led in direction in areas where the pastor wanted to take them, and that was according to what their particular control and manipulation would do. Oh, absolutely. Because when you're fed, you can identify when control and manipulation is an activation. This is why where houses where the leadership is only trying to lead you, there is a little less teaching that goes on because the more teaching that goes on, the more your exposure of your discernment is, uh, is heightened and you can begin to see and understand. This is why you continue when you somebody's in a control and manipulated state, they're not going to give you the pure, unadulterated word of God. They're going to give you just enough to keep you led and not fed. So I, I want you to this is so many layers to this thing and, 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 and I got so many notes in this first part, but I gotta just today we just gotta lay a foundation. But I want us to understand this because um it's been my prayer that when we came into even to New Covenant Worship Center, that God, I want you to send into this house those who you've ordained to be here. Amen. I don't want anybody else's sheep. I don't want anybody else's people that does not belong to my voice. Mm -hmm. I love Pastor Hannah and Pastor uh, Ocho Choco. Mm -hmm. When we went to that leadership conference, the Pastors One conference, and um, Pastor Hannah was in a particular setting, and he was coming to visit Ocho's church, and he told him, he said, mark your sheep. He was in his house and, and he was gaining influence and, and he said, mark your sheep because there's some sheep that are in here that are assigned to your voice. And he said, oh, he wasn't he wasn't intimidated. He wasn't fearful. Uh, he wasn't in a place where he wasn't worried or concerned about how many sheep were actually assigned to him and that he would begin to take out because he understood the value of feeding a sheep. So that showed a level of maturity and that showed a level of a, a position of authority that they came to an agreement. They said, now, whoever's left in, okay, uh, Pastor Ocho, he said, these are my sheep. And I'm going to be responsible for feeding them. And so we have to begin to move away from this particular ideology and this mindset to think that um, just because you're the pastor and you have the title it may not mean that you've been actually qualified or called to that. Because people are drawn to the charismatic movement of a person's personality and because they are likable, people put them in position. That's what happened to Saul because they were, the people chose Saul because God got to a place where he said, I, listen, God had kept people in position to lead the people, but then the people said, we want to be like other kingdoms. We want a king like other nations. And they chose who was likable. Saul was attractive. Saul had the look. Saul had the stature. Saul had the various things that would be, because why? It was now appealing to the eye. Because what I see is what I'm led by. This is what I'm trying to tell you because what you're feeding me is going to affect my spirit man. And then I move out of being led of the flesh because my eye leads me in the flesh, but my spirit man leads me in the spirit. So this is why you have to eat the proper things that I needed in order to grow. This is why last week we found out that sheep are more valuable and more expensive than the pig to raise. Because the pig can eat anything. But the 
a pasture in a field where grass is grown, where they can eat and get the proper nutrients. Yeah. They can't eat everything like the pea. Right. Come on. Oh, oh. Yeah. I'm taking you somewhere. Yeah. So you can't eat everything that's placed in front of you from everybody because it will affect your spirit man. Today, um, God, I got so much to take, so much to do. Listen, I want to give you some scriptures this morning, and I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run through them. You might have to write them down. Uh, I'm gonna turn to them, but we got a few that we're gonna hit. Just because I want you to see the importance of how God felt about shepherds. How God felt about pastors. Um, that word shepherd is how we got the, the the word pastor. Pastor is the Latin word of the word shepherd. And when you see shepherd, what do you see in that word? You see the sheep and you see the herd. S-H-E-P and H-E-R-D. You see the sheep and you see the herd. Shepherd. Because the shepherd is responsible for gathering. The shepherd is responsible for moving the sheep along and getting them to their proper destinations and being able to keep them together. Amen? Amen. Oh, wow. Um, I guess I'm going to stay with this. Let me see what translation I'm on. I'm Jeremiah chapter 3, uh, you can turn there if you want, but I, I'm going to read a few scriptures, and so I don't want us to, you have to uh, bounce away, you might have to write them down. Jeremiah 3 and 15, he says, then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. Notice, uh, when Jeremiah was ministering, and there were shepherds and leaders who were rebellious and contrary to the things of God. And so God came in and he said, listen, I'm going to give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. So we have to look for and identify, is the shepherd leading me with knowledge and understanding? Or are they just leading me to their personality? See, what happens with, when you lead a person with personality, you now are only growing ministry based on familiarity. And when you get into a certain place of familiarity, now you're actually in divination. And you move into witchcraft, and that's where the control manipulation opens up. So, so he said, I want you to, he said, I'm going to raise up, give shepherds after my own heart, who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. Um, let's look at Jeremiah 23 and 4. Jeremiah 23 and 4 says, I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Listen, we're pointing out characteristics of what a shepherd looks like and what the pastor should begin to uh, display in the attributes. It says, I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, meaning that they're going to take time to nurture and care for them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any go missing. So you have to have a shepherd... That is going to be responsible enough to cover the sheep that they don't go astray and go missing. Because when sheep are not tended to uh, efficiently, they will wander. 
Yes. And it's the shepherd's responsibility to pull them back into the flock. Amen. And to keep them close. To, because why? The sheep doesn't understand and does not understand the fullness of the threat that happens outside of the herd. See, we don't understand what happens with the threat when we get outside the church. When we get out of fellowship, I'm telling you, you don't, the enemies is wide open against you when we start to now disfellowship ourselves with the local body. I thank God that God has kept me connected to the local body for the years that I have been saved because I don't want to deal with the experience of being outside and in disfellowship for the enemy to run havoc in my life. Because when they go out, they don't understand how vulnerable they are to the enemy's tactics. And this is why the shepherd has to be mindful and careful to tend to them, to watch over them so that none will go missing, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 31 and 10. He says, hear the word of the Lord, you nations, proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over them like a shepherd. God is going to gather and watch over. That's his characteristics. He's responsible. <clears throat> he's concerned about whom he's chosen. He's concerned about the children of Israel because he chose them to come out of Egypt. These are his people, and he's committed to the fact, to the fact that I'm going to watch over the flock like a shepherd. Let's look at Acts 20 and 28. I'm just going to give you these, and we're going to get into the meat of this. Acts 20 and 28. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought, which he bought with his own blood. So listen, he says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock. So the shepherd has to keep watch over his own self. <clears throat> so in other words, we have to be responsible for governing ourselves with God's words. We have to be responsible for keeping ourselves in line with God's word if we're going to keep the sheep in line. Why? What responsibility would I have to try to keep you in line if I'm not keeping myself in this line? Amen. What example would that be? If I am not taking heed to the very word that I'm teaching unto you. We have to begin to now understand that the word has to apply to us. The word has to be ministered unto us. We have to heed us and yield to the word. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Notice this, the Holy Spirit made you overseers. See, I, I can't go in and pick and choose who God has said for me to oversee. I can't be in a position to understand, to know and understand the fact that, you know what, God, these are his people still, but he's given me the oversee, given me a time space to be a steward over them and to begin to deal with them and encourage them and build them up and pour into them all the things that God needs for them to have for the time and space that I have them. Yeah. Amen. Because there are people that are going to come within the flock that God says, you know what, 
Listen, don't feel bad. I'm going to help you today. If you left the ministry and you went to another one, don't feel bad. Because you gained everything you needed from that shepherd. And you didn't leave in rebellion or in a wondrous vagabond state where you were left with this all type of issue, but you left in a place where you understood that you know what? My time is up here. And now I can maturely make a decision to say, God, now lead me to my next location and to my next shepherd so that I can get to the next level. Because you gotta understand something. Shepherds are, oh God, this thing is Shepherds are qualified through the experience that they have in life. And we're going to see it with David. So everybody's experience is different. And so if you don't understand what the value of the experience of that pastor has been, they may not be the voice to minister you in your next season. See, some people came in here and they were at a position where they were getting ready to leave their marriage. But when they saw our marriage strong and they saw strong marriages in this building, they said, you know what? I can get my stuff together. Because they see the example of that love. They see the example of family unity. There were some people that came in here and family may have been in discord. Family may have been in disarray. But when they got to the place and saw a family unit and they saw the people working together on one accord, it built them up to encourage them to say, you know what? I can love my family again. Because you got to know where your shepherd heart is at. And if this is the shepherd that God has called me to, that's going to help grow me and feed me properly. Yeah. So you got to eat. You won't eat in the natural. I look around the room, I don't think none of us are skip eating me. I didn't call no names, I just said it just looked like it. Ezekiel had the responsibility, you know, he was known as a prophet of doom. 
Because he would come and prophesy things that were not always readily acceptable and receivable to the ear because it challenged you and it began to push you into some areas that you may not have wanted to be dealing with. But the word of the Lord came to him and he said, prophesy to those who take advantage of the sheep. Prophesy to those and let them know. Notice what it says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. I can't be in position where it's only all about me. I can't serve you effectively and be a shepherd to make you think that I really care about you if everything that goes on within the ministry is all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about how you know how much you're going to give me. What you're going to do for me. What you're going to do for me. What you're going to do for me. That's all the, the thing that comes out of mouth. you got to be mindful and watchful. We made sacrifices to get into this building. We made sacrifices where we could have done a whole lot of other different things. But God said, you know what, make the sacrifice now because it'll pay off in the end. Yeah. And if it would have been my concern, if I would have came in and said, I want this and I need that and I want this. And putting all these demands on the people, we would still be in the Holy Ghost Center. We would still be there. Because it would be sacrifice. I can't come in and talk about, give me 10000 this week, give me 20000 next week, give me 30000 next week. What? Is you crazy? for a season so that we can get to a position that we can be able to do what God wants to do. And still with those sacrifices, it's still another level. Amen. I'm like, we're not just going, it's not, I'm like, this is not it. This is nice, this is beautiful, this is good. But you got to see it to be honest. Yes. See, just because it's pretty and we got a new digital board and we all have to take out all these fancy cameras and TV, maybe there's a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. We got to feed your soul. Yes. We got to feed your soul. So listen, he says, Walter to the shepherds who want to take care of themselves. He says, should not shepherds take care of the flock? He said, you eat the curd. You clothe yourself with the wool and slaughter towards animals. In other words, he said, you all help pay my salary. You all pay the salary. You all give it to my life. You all sow seeds into my life. He said, should not sow back into you? What do we do in the first years of the ministry? When we had we sold for families, and we each family, we're gonna take up a seed and we're gonna sow back in your life so you can help pay some of your debt or whatever it may be. Even if you just want to walk to dinner, whatever. We're gonna do it. Start the job. Start, exactly. Amen. It started at home. We were sowing inside before we went outside. Yes. And then because we've done so much outreach, this year we chose to say we're gonna do all inreach. And we took care of us. We celebrated us. Yes. Because God gave us that opportunity. Because we gotta encourage one another. Amen. We gotta help build each other up. Yes. Anytime there's something, okay, let's sow a seed for that. If the Holy Spirit give it, okay, sow a seed to that person. We sow a seed with Sister Pam last week, I think it was, wasn't it? Because yes. we just being led of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He says, but you don't take care of the flock. You have not, listen to this, you have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. Jesus. He said, you have, not brought, you have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. Well, oh, my God. The strays of the lost. A lot of y'all understand and know I've reached out to some strays, but if I reach out and you don't reach back, I've done my part. Because everyone has a season that, I learned this from, um, I think, from Dr. Tesla. Uh, African pastor, and he ministers a lot of books. And he said, You can't be in a position of going after somebody and trying to gain somebody who does not have the same passion or commitment 
to go after or want to come come after the things that you desire or the things that you are valuable in or that you value. You can't be always the one you're going out there trying to pull them in, trying to pull them in, and they no longer they don't want to receive it, and they haven't received anything that you already give. You got to understand that. Because a lot of us, we spend too much time on people who do not deserve it. We spend too much time on people who do not deserve our time. Or your time is valuable. It's quality. You can't get that back, baby. It's a lot of stuff you can get back. You can get back money back. You can get back all the cars. You can get back houses back. You can get back things back. But that time is gone. It's old. It's a wrap. You can't get it back. So we have to understand the value of our time and where we invested it. He said, you have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick. I mean, healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back any strength to search the You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. Did y'all just hear that? Yeah. Didn't I tell you that if we're not concerned as shepherds to gather and to begin to keep the sheep together when they begin to stray, you got to pull them back in because they don't understand what's, what, what type of uh, vulnerability they have outside of the herd, outside of the sheepfold. They are wild animals that are looking to eat good sheep. Yeah. Yeah. I told you that last week when we were talking. Because as lambs, that meat is tender. Yeah. That lamb is good and tender, and that lamb is valuable and cost. You can't get lamb, you know, like that, like you get that pig. No, you can't. Oh, you can buy pig all day long, you get 10, 15 pork chops, 10 Because <laughs> that pig, he eats everything, and he grow fast. But that sheep, he's valuable. That lamb costs something because it takes more time to get him to a certain stage and level of growth where you're going to eat him. And then it says, as the sheep is over, if not a lamb is from age 0 to 12 months, anything over a year old, and now he's a sheep. He or she is a sheep. And now the sheep, that meat is tender. I mean, it's, it's more flavorable. Yeah. It has more flavor, and you got to cook it longer. So do you realize the, much, the more you know, and the more God is placed upon you, yes. the bigger and stronger the animal that the enemy gonna come to try to eat you. Yes. Oh my God! Because I want something that's good. I mean, don't listen at this. I mean, just, let's just be real. A second state, a second shake state, does not compare to mortar. Does not compare to an outback state. You can't compare it. Because this is a whole different caliber of meat. You can't compare it. So you understand that there's more value in that. You get that steak and steak, shake, uh, steak what, $5? You go to a little bit more, you go to Outback, you got to pay $20, $18, $25. You know, you go, you can get a little high. You know, when we was at Perry, you know, Pastor Lee's at that pork chop, that thing was about $35 for that pork chop. That was good meat. <laughs> Shepherd, and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. 
And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but care for themselves rather than for the flock, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Psalmist says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. Here come the key now. This is why we sing so many people fall in leadership. Here come the verse right here. I will remove them from tending to the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. No longer be food for them. How many of us have been in those ministries where you have been food for the pastor? Y'all, I mean, we, we, we've been there. We've experienced it. We know it. We've seen it. You've been food for the pastor and you've been going out every week home trying to find out what you're going to eat. Because all they served up over the pulpit was gossip, mess, discord, strife, bickering, and brown beef. You're talking about, well, you know you can get another $10 in the fourth offering. In the fourth offering? We got one offering for 10 years. That's it. And God bless. It ain't no Bible study offering. It ain't no Sunday school offering. We got Sunday offering. And on first Sunday, we go, we take up two seeds because that goes to the church. But the other seed we take up on Sunday is going for outreach. Because we give with purpose. Purpose-driven giving. If you give the people purpose to give, they'll give freely. And they won't have, they won't have to be on the obligation. They won't have to be under no torture. They won't have to be under no talking about brown being taken. Well, you know you got it. You got to give more. Why? Why am I going to give more to something that's not feeding me? You live in Howl the Hall, living in the fat, you know, the fattest, eat the fattest calf every night. Yeah. Amen. Let's, let me go. I got, I got too much to cover. Let me go to some more meat. I, I, that's just a little bit of what I want to do. That's the foundation. Let's go. I'm going to have to work this thing fast. My time going. Um, let's go to 1 Samuel 16. I'm going to the Good News Bible. The Good News Translation. 1 Samuel 16. Oh, wow. So, we saw uh, how God feels about his shepherds. We saw how concerned he is about the people who um, he's given us to be rule over and where his heart is. And, and, and what functionality he wants them to function at. How he wants them to serve the people and not be about them and, and sacrifice for the people because that's what the shepherd does. Um, and so now we're going to talk about, we're going to pull out some things and some characteristics of you know, the shepherd as we see in David's life. There's some things that you're going to be like, you know what, I didn't see that before, but we're going to see it today. Because um, <clears throat> I want you to point it out for you. So 1 Samuel, I'm in the Good News Bible, GNB translation. You have a, uh, if you have a uh, phone or tablet or whatever you may be using for your Bible, you can change translation. First Samuel chapter 16, let's look at, uh, well, first off, before I get to verse 10 to read, we, we know the basic story of David. Um, Saul had disobeyed God, mm -hmm. and Samuel was responsible for going in to choose another king. Yes. And God sent Samuel to Jesse's house. And at Jesse's house, um, Samuel had asked him to bring, his, bring forth his sons. He brought forth seven of his sons. And all seven of them, God said to Samuel, he's not the one. Yeah. 
seven sons, seven. none of them is the one. But God, you sent me to Jesse's house. So if God sent him to Jesse's house, you have to understand, there's got to be a king in here. There's got to be a king in here, regardless of what man said, there's a king in here. See, Jesse didn't see kingship on David. Yes. 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 <laughs> he only saw kingship on his other sons because, like, as we learned from Saul, they had to look. Yes. 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 They had the status, they had the age. And so here it is. The other thing is, I believe that one of the things, one thing, because you gotta think about let's let's be practical here and look at Jesse in the natural as a parent. This is his youngest son. Yes. And so he may not have wanted to give up his baby son to being a king because he knew what type of responsibility that it required, how much weight it carried, and he may have thought, you know what, David may not be able to handle this at such a young age. Yes. So Jesse was probably, at the same time, protecting him from being exposed to a level that he may have felt as though he wasn't ready for. That's good. That's good. As a parent. Yes. Because you want to protect the child. That's right. So here, Samuel tells him, he said, look, is there any other sons here? And, and, and Jesse was like, yeah, that's boy David back there with the sheep. <laughs> now notice this, because I want you to understand, we talked about characters of a pastor, of shepherd. Yes. Yes. David knew something was going on in the house because everybody had went in. But he never left his assignment of tending to the sheep. So he was committed to his assignment, even though there were other things going on, he didn't lose focus. Yes. He stayed focused on his assignment of tending to the sheep. So as pastors and leadership, are you, is your assignment focusing on the sheep? Or are you focusing, as we read in Ezekiel, focusing on feeding you and gaining stuff from the sheep? You got to be willing to feed and sacrifice and stay focused on what your assignment is. So let's read at verse 10. In this way, Jesse brought seven of his sons to Samuel. And Samuel said to him, no, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Then he asked him, have you any more sons? Jesse answered, they're still the youngest, but he is out taking care of the sheep. Tell him to come here, Samuel said. We won't offer the sacrifice until he comes. So Jesse sent for him. He was a handsome, healthy young man, and his eyes sparkled. The Lord said to Samuel, this is the one. Anoint him. Samuel took the olive oil and anointed David in front of his brothers. Immediately, the Spirit of the Lord took control of David and was with him from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Listen. Immediately when Samuel anointed him with the oil, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. So now, who has anointed you with oil? Who has laid hands on you that there is a greater call on you beyond the deacon, the minister, the elder? Who's laid hands on you to move you into the pastorate? Who's laid hands on you to see something on you that you didn't see in yourself? See, David only saw himself as a shepherd boy. See, every time when God got ready to elevate me, I wasn't the one jockeying looking for the position. Every time God prepared to elevate me, I wasn't the one jockeying for the position. I allowed other people to see in me those particular skills and talents, and they begin to call me out. They said, uh, when I was working at different places, let's go all the way back. Y'all want to go all the way back? Let's go all the way back to Harold's Chicken. I mean, that's the place to be. I mean, that's the place to be. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's familiar with the name, but they ain't familiar with the bread and the chicken. All right. So at Harold's Chicken, I had been working for some years, and then I went and changed and worked for another owner. Now, as soon as I went and worked for this other owner, 
church. You're like, you know what? I'm all that. You know, because they came in the house. They, look, they came outside the house and pulled me in. I came in to invite me, and I'm the one that got picked. Do you not know the bragging rights that David could have had? Yeah. I got picked in your head. I got picked in your head. Y'all ain't nothing. I'm weird. Y'all ain't nothing. I'm weird. David didn't take the approach. to David after he's anointed. Oh. I'm just pointing out to you characteristics that go along with the pastor's heart, having a heart of pastor. Notice, let's drop down to verse 18. Before I read verse 18, this is what happened. When the Holy Spirit came upon uh, David, the Spirit of God left Saul. And the Bible says that an evil spirit God placed upon Saul and it began to torment him. And so because Saul and his disobedience, he got to deal with his disobedience and his rebellion. Yeah. And so now uh, Saul says, I need somebody that plays the harp or plays music to soothe my spirit. Oh, y'all, 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 I hope y'all, you gotta know where I'm going. So one of Saul's servants and his attendant said, I know a guy that's a good musician. He's skillful. But he just got anointed king. What does him playing a harp have to do with him being a king? Because being a pastor, you should know what worship sounds like. Y'all missed the whole thing. You missed how important music and the worship and the pastoring, because why? That particular music will, what they say in the world said, it will calm the savage beast. Oh my God. So music has an important part to play in being pastor and being shepherd of the people. We're going to see it. Listen, I'm going to read scripture because you ain't believe me when I tell you. But I'm, you're going to see it right here. Verse 18. And was, oh, this is good. He said, one of his attendants said, Jesse of the town of Bethlehem has a son who is a good musician. Now, notice what they describe him as, a good musician. Not as a shepherd, because I don't need shepherd right now. I need a musician right now. Yeah. So as a pastor, you can be multi-talented. Oh, my God. Some of the characteristics of a pastor, you can be multi-talented. You can have multiple gifts, and you have to know how to operate and flow through those gifts. So he said, Yes, he says, uh, he has a symbol who's giving music. Notice this. Notice the other attributes he said. He is also a brave and handsome man and a good soldier and is able to, and an able speaker. The Lord is with him. How you going to pastor and you can't get your words together? <laughs> you can't speak to be able to be understood. You get up and ramble. People get up and they ramble. Because they haven't got their thoughts together and they haven't prepared themselves and you'll hear them rambling. Like, if I got up here for 10 years, y'all ain't gonna no rambling. Y'all gonna be like, somebody better do something. What book is he studying from? You gotta be able to hear something that's gonna feed your So listen, these are characteristics of the pastor. He said he is also a brave, so you need to have, you need to be brave. He's a handsome man, a good soldier. He's a good soldier because that's going to go into our next point. A good soldier means he knows how to war. See, you can't talk about you're going to pastor and be in this place and you don't think you're going to go through no warfare. Come on. David went through warfare before he got to the king. 
before he got to the throne. We're going to see it. Y'all ain't believe me, but I'm going to show you today. Listen, he said the Lord is with him. Notice this. Somebody else said that the Lord was with him. See, somebody else should identify an anointing on your life besides you. All right now. You shouldn't be the only one going around talking, I'm anointed and appointed to deal with the Holy Ghost baptized with fire, saying, I'm baptized in Jesus' name, and I'm anointed, and I've been preaching to refine brimstone for 30 years. Who else has now confirmed or validated your call? Who else has saw the grace on your life? Who else has saw the anointing on your life? Who else has seen and said, you know what, there's something on you. There's something that God wants to pull out of you. He said the Lord is with him. So listen at this. So Saul sent for Jesse, sent, sent a message to Jesse's house, and said, come on and bring uh, David to me. So David, Jesse sends David to Saul with a young goat, donkey loaded with bread, and another bag full of wine. Let's pick it up at verse 21. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much and chose him as the man to carry his weapons. <laughs> so, not only... He's a good soldier. He's brave. He's handsome. He's a good musician. Able he's an able speaker. Uh -huh. The Lord is with him. Yes. Now, he does such a good job for Saul. Saul says, I want to keep him here and let him be my weapon carrier, which in other words says he wants to be his armor bearer. Yes. See, as pastor, I had to serve other pastors to know what it was to be a pastor. I didn't get up close to them just because I could talk about I had their phone number, I knew where they live, and you know, I could call them up when I want, I got them on Rolodex. That wasn't my motive. I got around the pastors because they allowed me in their space because they knew my heart. See, a lot of us don't understand that you can't get too close because I know your heart. Oh, Jesus. Y'all need to for that. Oh, Jesus. Listen. Listen. So, David. So, here it is. David is now, because he sees, because Saul sees his heart, he said, I can trust you around my weapons. You can carry my weapons. Because I trust that you're not going to turn on me. That's the, that's the place of knowing and how to understand what it takes to be this leader, to be this pastor. you got to be able to now, are you willing to serve somebody else? Because he's king. Yeah. He may not be king in the natural way everybody said it, but he's already king. He's walking as a king right now. So as the king versus Samuel was to go and play and be able to let musician skills play, let worship play, let praise play. Now he says, now I'm going to let you be an armor bearer. He said, are you going to be committed to that long enough to stick around? You're going to serve him long enough? Because sometimes we get impatient and we don't want to serve the man or woman about long enough and then we miss our opportunity for getting to the next level because we feel as though, you know what, my time is up. I ain't going to care that that's too much longer. You know, I've been doing this for 5, 10, 15 years and you know what, I'm tired of this. You know, I got to go into my life too. That's what happened with Miriam. And Aaron, Miriam got struck with what? Leprosy. Because she said, they started to say, raising up against Moses. They said, well, you know, why, 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 you know, why Moses got all the anointing on his life here? And we end up, we hear about too. I'm going to the story. But they give that hug and that hug. Why, why, why? Listen, let's go to 17. We're going to close this thing out. Go to chapter 17. Now, 
We talk about characteristics of the pastor and the heart. We saw it. He said, you got to have his own heart. You got to have the pastor's heart. You got to be willing to sacrifice for the sheep. You got to be willing to give up for the sheep. You got to go after them if they go straight. You got to be willing to pull them back in. You got to tend to them. You got to have patience with them. And then when we get to David, we see, you know what? He has an anointing where he's humble enough and he's sincere enough in his heart. He says, you know what? It's not about me. He said, God, you call me. I'm going to come. If you call me, I'm going to come. He came. He said he got to the position now. He said, I'm going to serve Saul as a musician. And then when he served as a musician well, he said, I'm going to upgrade you to armor bearer. He said, so now after armor bearer, listen what happens next. Because this is another characteristic that we as, a, as people have to recognize, does the pastor carry? Because you got to understand, if you're going to pastor, you got to know spiritual warfare. you got to know how to fight. That's why I said he was a good soldier. Let's look at it in the scripture, because I want to show you, because you ain't believing me. This is good. First Samuel, I'm in the Good News Bible translation. Let's pick it up uh, at 33. But before I read, let me tell you what happened, how he got here. Jesse had went and sent David to check on his brothers because they were fighting the Philistines. In the army of the Lord, in Saul's army, they were fighting. And so David was still on assignment. Now he's king. His daddy still tell him what to do. Because he has honor. Honor thy mother and thy father all the days of their life. Just because you're king don't mean you can't tell your, your mom and daddy can't tell you what to do. Well, my mom and daddy are still living just because I was passing. They came when, when, I, when I came around and said, son, Jonas, go give me some water. Go ahead and pick that stuff up for me. Can you go ahead and put that grass? I, I, said, I had to obey. Those are my parents. I'm going to honor them in the Lord. Just because I, you know, you pastor, you something. That don't mean you more than you. got to respect those yeah. who have come before you. And those are still your parents. You honor them. I don't care how old you get. You can be 99 and they can be 120. I'm still my dad what you want. How can I help you? That's honor. Because the Bible says if you honor your mother and father, your days shall be long upon the earth. So I want my days stretched out. Amen. Amen. I'm going to stretch. Amen. Amen. So David went and took some, I told y'all last time, when he took some grilled cheeses. Y'all know that big government block of cheese you had to cut? How many knives did we break cutting that cheese? I don't know about you, but the blade used to come out the handle because you'd be, you'd be trying to cut that cheese. And see, you didn't have a microwave to warm that stuff up. You had to have that stuff just sit out and sit it on top of the stove sometimes, let it get a little salt. Y'all don't know me about that. So anyway, that's the best grilled cheese you ever gonna eat. These kids don't know nothing about a grilled cheese. See, you had that, that block of cheese. It was about the longest this point. Verse 33. No answer, Saul. How could you fight him? You're just a boy. And he has been a soldier all his life. Because David said, look, I can fight this Philistine. I can beat him. And so now Saul is having a conversation with David. In verse 34. Your majesty, David said. Y'all missed that. Come on. Your majesty, David said. David is, David is king. But I told you it's not manifesting the natural. But he still has the kingship anointed. He's still honored. 
this only because you in a, a whole bigger place and you got your stuff all together and you all that show honor where honor is due. Your majesty, David said, I take care of my father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear carries off a lamb, I go after it, attack it, and rescue the lamb. What are we talking about? Pastor, shepherd. So whenever a lion or bear carries off what? A lamb. Tender me. Babe in Christ. See, this is why you have to get the word in you and to begin to set them, let that word take root in you. So David says, every time that particular bear lion came, he said, I go after it, I attack it, and rescue the lamb. And if the lion or the bear turns on me, I grab it by the throat and beat it to death. So, in other words, you have to be willing to do what it takes to protect the sheep. You got to be willing to now put yourself on the line for the sheep. You got to lay down your own life. Now, David could have lost his life, but his concern was, this is my daddy's sheep. As a pastor, these are God's people, and I can be given the responsibility to shepherd his people. I should guard and protect. I should be willing to lay down my life. See, I when I tell you I love you, man, I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. I'm not just saying these vain words. I love you with the love of Jesus, because if I don't love you, I'm not going to be willing to lay down my life for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. It was love that drove him to lay down his life. So the same love that Jesus had, and the same love a pastor should be exemplified to lay down his life on the sheep. Verse 36, I have killed lions and bears, and I will do the same to this heathen Philistine, who has defied the armies, who have defied the armies of the living God. The Lord has saved me from lions and bears, he will save me from this Philistine. Listen to this. All right, Saul answered. Go, and the Lord be with you. So now listen. So you mean to tell me that in order to operate in the shepherd's heart, I have to experience warfare, and he gained warfare in his natural assignment. See, his experience of life in dealing as a shepherd boy prepared him for the warfare of Goliath. Because if he doesn't defeat the Goliath, he's not going to be able to take the nation to where God wants to take them. Because he'll be weak and fearful and not be able to sustain or not be able to handle because he'll be thinking about, they're much bigger than me. They're much stronger than me. And so David says, because he's dealt with the bear and the lion, I can deal with the lion. So this is the attitude that a pastor should have. You shouldn't be fearful and afraid that you're going to be able to deal with some stuff. you got to overcome some things. you got to be able to fight in the spirit. you got to know how to be able to pray. you got to be able to know how to cast down. In other words, a pastor has to have the ability to dishonor the Goliaths in your own life. Listen, when Sister Bridget fell out of the Spirit, now Holy Spirit was telling me, I was going to go there she was praise for the Holy Spirit told me, go lay hands on I didn't do it because I said, I didn't want to just disrupt the flow of the service. And so when she fell out over there, and then I told Pastor Debbie, I said, Pastor Debbie, the Holy Spirit told me that God is releasing her and she needs to let all those burdens and weights go. And she said, that's what he's saying. He said, he told me to, he told me to lay hands on her. And then when she was laying hands on her, she wasn't just laying hands, she was laying, she was pulling up. Because God was snatching out some things and some weights on her. And I'm telling you, that thing was real. So what happened was, those are pastors and those 
our leaders were probably they went over there to tend to the sheep yeah. because they were in a position to pull some Goliaths out of her life. Yeah.